Hey, Coach and Falcons fan, this is Coach Jay. I'm going to continue with my stories from the gridiron. We'll call this one part two. All right. Uh, the first story I'd like to share with you took place about 1992-1993. And in this episode or this incident, it is uh, Perry Meridian traveled to play Terre Haute North. And at the time, Coach Enright was the coach, and he was playing his old coaching buddy, Dave Staley, who was the head coach at uh, Terre Haute North. Well, Terre Haute North had a hell of a team, and they were running the ball. And it, it wasn't much of a game early. I mean, we were down, and they ran the ball relatively easy against us. And then when it came to the second half of the game, for some reason, Coach Staley decided that he was going to throw the ball. And most of the time he threw the ball, he threw the ball to us. So we had maybe two or three interceptions. So that's kind of how the game went. And then we had a sophomore on the team at the time who actually became a really good player, Dion Pendergrass. And Dion you know, unleashed a few long runs and it got us back into the game. However, the game was getting really, really close again. And we had clawed back into uh, the game. I think we were down by maybe a touchdown. And for some reason, uh, we needed a big stop. And um, a, a kid by the name of Brian Pachoni was playing defensive back for us. And so it was like third down and maybe 13. And Pachoni, for some reason, decided to swing at the other player. They really, the other player was blocking and it went past the play, you know, and the whistle had blown and the kid continued to block a little bit. And so Pachoni decided that he was going to swing at the kid. Well, up comes a flag, and it's 15, 15 yards, and for some reason, I'm like, how in the hell could he do that? And Kelly Clore was the defensive coordinator, and I am the, uh, you know, helping him out. I'm the assistant, kind of like the assistant defensive coordinator. So this flag happens against Pachoni, and I look over at Coach Clore, and Coach Clore is on the ground, in front of the stands where all the fans were, the Perry fans were, and his hands and feet were up in the air like a dead cockroach, and he was kicking his feet and arms. And he's going, Pachoni, Pachoni, Pachoni. He just gave us a 15-yard penalty, and now they're going to go down and score, and we're going to lose the game. And I said, Clark, Kelly, get up, man. You're making us, you're making us look bad. you got to make the next call. And he goes, Johnson, I don't give a damn. If they're going to fire me, I'm going to go out like a damn idiot. And so he continued to kick his legs and his arms and stuff. And finally, I coached him to get up. And I made the next defensive call. He gets back on his feet, and we're able to stop him. And then we get the ball back. We go down, and we score. So we're up. And then uh, old Wayne Staley... Uh, decided to do his best 
impression of uh, Dave Enright, even though they were running the ball all over us, uh, he decided that he was going to go and start throwing the ball. And again, he threw the ball to us, and we ended up winning the game by seven with Deion Pendergrass scoring the last, the last, the last, um, last score. But it was funny as hell to see a, a grown man, you know, down on his back, hands and feet in the air, kicking like a dead cockroach <laughs> and screaming at the other player's name. And so, you know, Coach Coach uh, Clore didn't get caught in the carpet on that, but it was funny as hell. All right, the next story deals with going to Cincinnati to a a Glazer football clinic. Now, this is this story is going to go probably two different directions. I'm going to talk about the first thing first, and that is, you know, after the first day of meetings at, at Glazer. You go and they have several speakers and they have defense and offensive speakers. They have uh, special teams. They've given away a lot of prizes and so on. So after the day was over with and we'd gone to meetings, uh, some of the coaches, I'm not going to mention any coaches' name, but some of the coaches decided that they were going to go over into um uh, Newport or Covington, Kentucky, and let's say that they were going to go to a gentleman's club, if you know what I mean. Well, coaches got together and went over there, and this, believe it or not, this was the first and the last time I went to a gentleman's club. To me, it was no fun whatsoever. But anyway, we Everybody get in their cars and we go over to, I think it was Newport or Covington, I forget which, and we go to this gentleman's club and coaches are having a good time and they're, you know, doing what coaches and people do or guys do at gentleman's club. And we had one coach for some reason, you know, we had been to a couple places and we had one coach, for some reason, wanted to kind of continue to hang at the gentleman's club. And it was getting kind of late. And so we were saying, hey, hey, man, you know, it's it's time to go. We're leaving. And he's going, oh, I'll get back. I'll get back on my own. And, and we were looking at, man, you are not going to get back on your own. We're going to take your behind out of here right now. Because if you don't, if we don't get you out of here somebody's going to mug you, they're going to roll you, and we're not going to find you, and your relatives and family members are going to find you dead. So we coasted him, got him back in, in the car, and we went back to the hotel, and um, he was, you know, complaining the whole way, and to be honest, we really did probably save 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 his life because there were some, some scaly-looking characters that were uh, kind of hanging out that looked like they were ready to uh, beat somebody and take their cash. So we get back to the hotel and we we get back. It was about one or two o'clock in the morning and we've got two rooms and probably nine coaches staying in two rooms. And so... I took a mattress off the bed and I'm laying on the floor and this other coach that 
we had the coach out of out of um, the gentleman's club. He gets on the phone and calls up another coach. We'll say this coach was the head coach from Martinsville. And he calls him up and starts carrying on a conversation with him at one or two o'clock in the morning. And he's talking, oh, how you doing, Bill? And, you know, remember the time that we went to this clinic over here and we saw this and we did this and so on. And they carried on a conversation like they knew one another. And this Perry coach was pimping the Martinsville coach. And so he continued to carry this conversation on. And we were in the background snickering like, come on, man, get off the phone. He's going to catch you and he's going to blame it on us, of course, because you know, Perry and Martinsville had this love-hate relationship still going on at the time. And he continued to um, harass this coach, and the coach didn't know it was him. So to make a long story short, we wake up in the, middle, in the, in the morning, and we go to breakfast before we're going to start the second day of clinics. And so we go down. And they have, uh, it's not like a continental breakfast. They're serving breakfast, and it's like seven or eight bucks for breakfast. And the coach that talked to the Martinsville coach, Coach Siderwich, he decides that he's going to charge our breakfast to the Martinsville coach's tab. And so <laughs> the Martinsville coach never figured out who it was, but he ended up paying for Perry's tab and paying for this other uh, coach's tab simply because uh, he thought that he knew our coach, but he didn't really know the coach. So we ended up going to a gentleman's club the night before and then getting back, having breakfast and charging our bill to the Martinsville coaches tab. Oh, and one, one other thing. One of our coaches, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he wasn't feeling so good. And when we got back from the gentleman's club, he went up to the room. And when we, we, we got in, because I think we went to the bathroom or something, he goes up to the room. And when we get on the elevator, in the corner is the coach's field coat or jacket, big heavy jacket. And there's throw up all in the corner of the elevator. And so we look in there and we look at the coat and go, uh-oh, we know who that is. <laughs> so we grab the coat, bring it off. We make it back to the room. That's when the, the situation with the other coach happened. And the next day we we get up and as we going down to the breakfast, uh, that throw up is still in the corner of the elevator. And the coach, I'm not going to mention his name. The coach was up and ready to go. He was downstairs uh, having breakfast and so on. So that was that was hanging out at the Glazer Clinic. And the first and the last time that old coach Jay went to a gentleman's club. It was no fun to me going to a gentleman's club because you couldn't touch what you could what you could see. All right, that's all I've got for that story. Story number three deals with a junior varsity trip, and this was a trip 
probably 2000, uh, yeah, around 2000. And we were going to take uh, our junior varsity, our reserve team, to Terre Haute. And on this trip was myself as kind of the head coach and Todd Garrison was uh, the assistant coach. And we had somebody else I can't remember. But in this situation, we'll, we'll call this the trip that that lasted too long. Well, we got on board the bus and, you know, it's it's an hour, about an hour's drive to Terre Haute from Indianapolis uh, to Terre Haute North. So we we get on the bus and we're we're traveling on 70 West. And, you know, Coach Garrison and myself said, you know, we need to make sure that we stay up. The bus driver really didn't know where he was going. He had like a little printout and gave him directions and so on. So we said that we need to make sure that we uh, let the bus driver know exactly where to go. Well, for some reason, Coach Garrison and I, we fell asleep. And Coach Garrison hadn't been there before. Todd Garrison hadn't been there before. And I had, and I woke up and I looked at the bus driver. I said, I'm sorry, but I fell asleep. But I said, weren't we supposed to turn back there? And the bus driver goes, well, I'm following the instructions. And the time that we woke up, we had passed the exit to Terre Haute South. So we had gone probably another 10 or 12 miles from the exit from Terre Haute North. We had passed Terre Haute South and the the next exit to get off and turn around was in Illinois. So we had to sit. The bus driver had to go to Illinois, get off on the off-ramp, turn around, come back into Indiana, go past Terre Haute South, and then we took the exit to get to Terre Haute North, and we were probably 35 minutes late. And so we get there, and they were kind of nice. You know, we told them that we had, you know, we had gotten lost, and we we didn't want to tell them that, you know, we actually missed a turn. So we had gotten lost, and they gave us an extra 15, 20 minutes to warm up. And once we got warmed up, we played the game, and I think we got beat by probably 12 points. And on the way back, we had to make sure the bus driver, the substitute driver, make sure that he got on the right track so that we we did not go back towards Illinois, go to Indianapolis, and get us back home. And then at that time, uh, reserve games or JV games were played on Monday nights. So we had to travel back. We got back about probably 11, 11, 15 that night. And so we'll call this, you know, falling asleep on the dime and two guys being dumbasses to fall asleep. So, but we made it. And um, at that point, from, from that point on, whenever I was on the bus, I made sure that I did not fall asleep on the bus. And also, I tried to get the players not to fall asleep because once they did so, once they fell asleep, like whenever we went to Bloomington to play, we always had bad games because the kids would fall asleep 
and their system would shut down and they wouldn't wake back up. Their system would, would not get back in gear until the second half of a game. So we started making it a habit that nobody could fall asleep on our way to uh, away games that were more than 15 to 20 minutes away. Lesson learned. The last two stories for the gridiron for tonight, I'm going to call this last segment the tale of two field goals. And the first one is legendary. This was uh, 1988. I was coaching the freshman team and Coach Wade was the head coach and I was the assistant. At that point in time, Coach Clore had moved up to the varsity and we had had a, a third coach. I forget his name, but he was from Tipton and he, he never really showed up. So it was just Coach Wade and I coaching uh, the freshmen. Well, this is one of the most, <laughs> one of the greatest stories that can ever happen. So Coach Wade and I, we took our freshman team up to Burbuff to play them. And at that time, uh, Burbuff had just started playing football. May They had been playing football for maybe just a couple of years. They did not have a varsity field that had lights or anything, even at that time. And the field that we played on, it didn't have any goalposts. It was just a field that had end zones and it had no goalpost. They had a half of a field that was adjoining the, uh, the main field and it only had one set of goal, goal poles on it. So uh, we decided that we're going there and Coach Wade is as sly as Coach Wade is. Coach Wade, we score the first uh, touchdown and Coach Wade says that we're going to kick a field goal. I mean, an extra point. In order to kick the extra point, we had to go over to the other field that was a half field that had the one goal pole on it. So everybody at Burbuff and the, and the Perry fans who came to the game, we all, and the players, we packed up, we walked outside of the main field, we walked over to the half practice field, parents picked up their chairs. They didn't really have bleachers at the time. Parents picked up their chairs, walked over to the half field where the field, where the field goal was or the goal pole were. I should say was because there's only one goal pole. They didn't even have two. So went over, parents, coaches, the teams, both went over to both sides and we lined up for um, to kick the extra point. And I'm on the sideline. Coach Wade's out there with the players. You know, okay, boys, you know, we're going to do whatever he, he said to him because I was on the sideline. And then we lined up. The buff is ready to come. And the ball is snapped. 
and Coach Wade calls a fake. And we scored two points on a fake extra point. Now, there were a lot of parents that were pissed because we had to, and officials, we had to get up, walk to the other side. Just imagine, we walked to the other side. Parents put their chairs down. We lined up and we did a fake PAT. <laughs> there were some people that were pretty pissed. And Coach Wade, Coach Wade, <laughs> he put his little snicker on. And I said, man, you got balls. And we walked back over and finished the game. And the next time we scored, uh, we went for two. He didn't He didn't try to kick a field goal. So fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So that was that was hilarious. The second uh, field goal or the second extra point field goal. This was uh, Perry at Southport. This was a JV game. I was the head JV coach at the time. And Southport, you know, had beaten us the, the previous couple of years, you know, and we were battling it out throughout the game, you know, they would score and we would score. And we had gotten down to uh, probably 10 to 15 seconds to go. You know, we were behind by a couple of points and the ball was on like the plus 20 yard line. I take it back like the plus 30 yard line. And I lined up to kick a field goal. I said, okay, Let's get out there. We're going to kick a field goal, line up for a field goal. And Southport, if we would have kicked the field goal, we would have won by a point. And if we wouldn't have kicked the field goal, then um, we would have lost. And the, the guy that was kicking the field goal was Mike Shockley, who was a soccer player. And he was a hell of a kicker. He could kick. 40, 45-yard field goals easily. So they knew who he was because uh, he had played soccer against Southport. So we lined up, and we were, you know, on the on the plus 30-yard line going in. And I told um, the holder to fake it. And I told our our up backs to flare out and the guys that were on the ends to run a flare pattern or a flag. And so we faked it and I threw, I didn't throw it, but the kids threw a, a touchdown pass. And I said, screw them. I was pissed because they had beaten us a couple years before. And I said, I, if I'm going to kind of like Chlor, if I'm going to get fired, <laughs> I'm going to go for it. And we ended up scoring a touchdown and the Southport coaches were pissed because, you know, we lined up to go for it, uh, to kick a, a, a field goal. And we threw a, like a 30 yard touchdown pass to win the game. So um, that was it. That was my, my claim to flame fame as far as the, the field goal and Coach Wade and his, uh, I'm going to fake it, move everybody across the field. Well, that's it. That's all I've got for tonight. I hope you enjoyed this. I know that 
these last two has kind of been kind of boring, but I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, you can do what you want. Uh, I, I hope you enjoyed these uh, Coaching Falcon uh, podcasts. Uh, it, when things come up, I'll try to add something to it later. As of right now, uh, I hope you enjoy it, and let's go Falcons. We have come together to fight for victory. Best friends with one another. Two, two, five. Like one big family. Zero. So come on, Eagles mighty strong. Falcons. Let's Let's join in on the fun. One. Our team three, is finally ready strong. to Blitz fight for number one. Cover one. Our team includes one, many three, things seven, fun, to help us win this fight. Guts one, Courage, cover pride, one. poise. Zero, to show one, us three, what is right. Hunt, cover three. And if we don't do what is right, one, seven, we'll find out what is wrong. Our team will never give up. Our team will never give up. Our team will never give up. We've been fighting for too long.